Hello, everyone, and welcome to all of our listeners. We're very glad that you're joining us today. We hope you're doing well. If you are having challenges, we would be happy to pray for you. Please visit our website at theladderrain.org and let us know how we can pray for you. As part of today's sharing, we will continue looking into the book of Proverbs. We'll continue seeing the importance of wisdom, which is for the most part the main point that the book of Proverbs tries to instill in its readers. It can never be said enough. Wisdom is an essential part of the Christian's life. We'll be looking at the personification of wisdom as well, that it is more than just a valuable form of knowledge, and that true wisdom involves a living application. Because if we don't apply and live out God's wisdom in our lives, then it is useless. And finally, we will see that there is a penalty for knowing the truth of God and not practicing it. There is such a thing as being responsible for the truth. We will see these things further ahead. But right now, let's take the time to seek the Lord in prayer and ask Him to help us to understand clearly and practically that His Word, His wisdom, needs to be an integral part of our lives as we live in it daily. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified and honored be your name. Lord, I praise you and I worship you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy. And as always, Lord, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the miracle of salvation that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you please forgive my sins. I pray humbly, Lord God, now that you please, Lord God, that you guide us, that you help us to understand clearly, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to understand just the importance of wisdom, Lord. Help us to understand that we need to seek it, that we need to look for it, Lord God. That we need to embrace your wisdom and that we need to make your wisdom a part of our lives, of our daily living. Heavenly Father, help us to understand this. Help us to understand the value, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for every listener. Pray, Heavenly Father, that again, that you open an understanding where there needs to be an open understanding. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may just guide us through this whole sharing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. To continue following along our series on the book of Proverbs, we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 8. Our reading will be a little lengthy today, so you will need to be a little patient. Chapter 8 is, is a bit long, and this is what it says. Does not wisdom cry out, and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. 
counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way, before His works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet He had not made the earth, or the fields, or the primal dust of the world. When He prepared the heavens, I was there. When He drew a circle on the face of the deep. When He established the clouds above. When He strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise." and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me, wrongs his own soul, and those who hate me, love death. The writer of the chapter, or of the book rather, starts by trying to show us how important wisdom is everywhere. That's why he makes references to wisdom in different places in the sense that wisdom is needed everywhere. It's like when you see something wrong happen and you look at the situation and think, this could have all been avoided only if. Hasn't that ever happened to you? Like when you hear of certain things that happened that went completely the wrong way and you wish that people that were involved could have avoided this situation somehow. That's what the writer is referring to. And of course, if we truly understand the value of wisdom, we could see its application everywhere and in everything. Have you ever had a moment like that in your own life? Where you think to yourself, after you're experiencing certain painful consequences, that you wish you could have known better and not have done what you did? It's the same concept. When you truly understand the incredible value of godly wisdom, you think differently. You avoid certain self-imposed problems. That's really the whole point behind wisdom. It's about being able to acquire godly knowledge that applies to every aspect of your life and, of course, apply it so you avoid doing things that could have negative and lasting consequences. But how do you get wisdom then? If we read through the passage, we see that there is a personification of wisdom, if you will. So by that we understand that wisdom goes beyond mere knowledge. Wisdom or godly wisdom is a part of God or the person of God. There is no other source for godly wisdom. So in essence, that is one of the major reasons for being able to have a 
personal and intimate relationship with the Lord through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Since wisdom is a part of God, then you need to have God in your life as an inside of the center of your being so that godly wisdom can be present in your life as you grow in Him and in His knowledge because wisdom doesn't just happen. Wisdom is experiential, meaning that it is godly knowledge developed through life application. In other words, knowledge by itself is just knowing something and that really doesn't do any good to you. By applying the knowledge of God through the course and events in your life, that is when wisdom is developed. Wisdom is developed through choices, through experiencing a daily walk and relationship with God. So it cannot be something that just comes with mere intellect. This is where Solomon got it all wrong. He did have a certain measure of wisdom, but he lost his way when he went against the very wisdom of God by looking into relationships that had nothing to do with God. And those same relationships attracted him to go after other gods, thereby ruining his relationship with the Almighty. And there is where wisdom departed from Solomon and spiritual destruction started setting in. If your relationship is not right with the Lord and there is disobedience and unfaithfulness to God, then godly wisdom is not possible. We understand the integral part that wisdom holds within the person of God through the portion of the verses where it says that it was there before the beginning of creation. The scripture passage points out that wisdom was established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. So godly wisdom is everlasting just like God, because it is a part of God. Wisdom was involved with everything God made through the power of His Word, when God spoke the creation into existence. That's how infinitely powerful and meaningful God's wisdom is. There is no higher form of knowledge, no greater experience, there is nothing quite like it. John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. That's why I reiterate the point that wisdom must be a part of your life if you want for your life to truly be different. That's why it is so important to get into studying the Word of God, because that is where the knowledge comes from. But of course, after you have had the Holy Spirit come into your life. One of the greatest values that comes with wisdom through the Word of God is freedom. When you know the Word of God, you begin experiencing the practical freedom that it brings along when you apply it to the decisions that you make. The Word frees you from making decisions and choices that only bring about your own self-destruction and harm to others. Matthew chapter 8 verse 31 to 32 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The freedom comes from the Word teaching you those things that bring about eternal life and blessing. You might make certain decisions that are right before God, but yet they may bring about pain in this world. But in the long run, those decisions usually produce the longest and most beneficial consequences. For example, Paul lived a very difficult life from a human and worldly point of view. However, 
If Paul would have lived his life in comfort, avoiding all of the issues he suffered through because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there would have been an incredible hole in the evangelizing of the Gentiles. That's us. Many of us have come to the knowledge of salvation through God's work, of course, but mainly through Paul's efforts. We would not have many of the books of the New Testament without Paul. We certainly would not be where we are if it were not for Paul. But praise be to God for Paul that he had the faith and understanding that what he was doing, even though it seemed fruitless and painful then, was going to be for far greater good after and now and unto the fulfillment of all prophecies. That is wisdom. Paul's work and sacrifice has transcended the centuries and has reached the ends of the earth because God's wisdom was within Paul and Paul lived a godly wisdom daily. And that is only one example of God's wisdom and of what that wisdom is capable of producing in the life of a believer. Wisdom is what helps you understand that there is something greater and of more value later on if you do certain things. Wisdom feeds your faith the knowledge that it needs to continue pushing forward. Now, there is a catch. And that's for those who know the Word of God but refuse to follow it, to apply it to their lives. Because the issue is that if you don't apply the Word of God to your life, there will always be negative consequences, 100% of the time, sooner or later. There is no doubt, no argument, nothing that can refute that. Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 26 to 27, where it says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Those who do not apply God's word to their lives will suffer great loss and pain. So there is a responsibility or an accountability for knowing the truth. In the Bible, there is such a thing as sin when a person knows what is right, but yet does not do it. James chapter 4 verse 13 to 17 says this, Come now you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Why wouldn't someone want to have God's wisdom in their life? There are so many advantages, so many blessings, and everything with eternal value. There's only one answer. Like we just read. Arrogance. Pride. When we start to question or refuse to accept God's will, God's knowledge, God's wisdom, by not living it and applying it to every aspect of our lives, that is a sign of pride. And of course, pride is one of the principal attributes of Satan himself. That's what we remind God of when he sees pride in our lives, when we refuse to obey, to accept, to honor, 
and to just do what we're supposed to do for our own good and for the good of others. Sometimes you may understand why God tells you to do certain things, and sometimes you may not understand why God says so. But understanding the reason or not should not hinder you from obeying and trusting in a God that knows infinitely more than you will ever know. Therefore, understanding should not be a prerequisite for obedience. The passage ends by telling us that we are blessed when we listen to wisdom, when we watch out for it, when we find it. When we find God's wisdom, we find life. We found favor before the Lord. But when we sin against wisdom, we wrong our own soul and we embrace death for our own lives. There are really no grace here. It's either you seek after godly wisdom or you don't. So, if we truly understand today's passage, we then can understand that godly wisdom is vital in our lives and everywhere around us. The application of God's wisdom in our lives and in every situation is what ultimately makes us salt and light in the world. Through God's wisdom, we can make the sourness of this world taste better. Through God's wisdom, when we apply it to all situations around us, we then bring the light of God's reason into those circumstances, thereby becoming light in a dark world. We need to experience practically and daily God's wisdom in our lives. That is the only way that our lives will be transformed and the only way we will be able to truly help those people that surround us. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, again to understand just how important your wisdom is and how we really need to seek after it and how we need to make it part of our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to understand, to truly get it, Lord, that what you're teaching us is for our own good, Lord God. That your word is blessing for us. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand, Lord God, to clearly understand the value of your word. The value of following what you tell us to do. Heavenly Father, sometimes we get caught up in whether we get it, we don't get it, we like it, we don't like it. But at the end of the day, we just need to be convinced that you love us that you care for us and that you only want what's good for us and whether we understand it or not to just do what we need to do to just obey Lord God help us O oh Lord to be able to have soft hearts before you help us O oh Lord to put away our pride to put away our arrogance Lord God Heavenly Father help us to take on the humility of your son Jesus Christ the example that he gave us that even though he was God he humbled himself. And, the, and your word says that he humbled himself to the point of death, Lord God. But if it wasn't for Jesus Christ humbling himself, we would not have salvation right now. We would not have the hope of eternal life through him if Jesus Christ would have not humbled himself, Lord God, and gone through everything that he went through. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that. Help us, O oh Lord, to value that, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, to just have, again, soft hearts before you. I pray, O oh Lord, for each person that's listening. I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, that you may just be able to work in their lives that wonderful thing that you want to do in them. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.